Turn with me, please, to Acts chapter 27. If you remember, and I hope you do, last week we made mention out of Mark chapter 4. We made mention that Jesus Christ told the disciples He wanted them to get into a boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Do you remember? He says, let us go to the other side. Do you remember? Well, they got on the boat, and in the middle of the sea, there raised a tremendous storm. Now, we made mention of this because Paul now is in the midst of a storm. Actually, right now, he's on the very tail end of it. They're going to arrive on land safely today as we're going to read in Scripture. But we made mention that Paul, too, was in this ship, and he is being tossed and turned by this ship. But he is holding on to a promise he has by God. God says, Paul, you must go to Rome. And so he is holding on to that. As we're going to read today, we're going to see that he says, this God whom I serve, this God whom I behold, this God has promised we will make it to the other side. See, what they didn't hear in Mark was when he told the disciples, we're going to the other side, that's what they should have heard. But instead, they saw the storm. Now, nobody could blame them. really couldn't. The seas were very treacherous in those days. So when they saw the sea rising up, remember what they did? They went back, and where's Jesus Christ? He's hitting the sack. He's sleeping in the back of the boat. I mean, the nerve of them. They're they're about to go down. And so they wake him up, and they say, Master, Master, do you not care that we're perishing? He doesn't say it to him right away. He stands up, and you remember what he did? Wouldn't you have loved to have seen this? I told you, I said to you last time, I couldn't have been on the boat because I would have missed it. I would have been over the side going, what happened? It's quiet. You know, he just goes, hush, be still. And then he says to them, oh, you men of little faith. And they step back and they say amongst one another, who is this guy that even the wind and the sea obey his command? Well, see, this is the one whom Paul is trusting in. This is the very same one that you and I can trust in this day to be the one who will calm the seas. And so this message is is really about storms in our lives, difficulties that we go through and how to go through them. I believe that's what the 27th chapter of the book of Acts is truly all about. To give you and me an insight to take a look at Paul and see how he never never feared for his life. Even though the sailors on that ship and and all of the prisoners that were on that ship were, as it says in Scripture, they were abandoning all hope of making it alive. Read with me, please. Acts chapter 27 from verse 33 to the end of this chapter, verse 44. Great, great, great place in the Word of God. Verse 33 says, And until the day was about to dawn, Paul was encouraging them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating, having taken nothing. Therefore, he says in verse 34, I encourage you to take some food, for this is for your preservation. For not a hair from the head of any of you shall perish. Having said this, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of all. He broke it and began to eat. 
And all of them were encouraged, and they themselves also took food. Verse 37 says, All of us in the ship were 276 persons. And when they had eaten enough, they began to lighten the ship by throwing out the wheat into the sea. And when day came, they could not recognize the land, but they did observe a certain bay with a beach, and they resolved to drive the ship onto it if they could. And so it says in verse 40, they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea while at the same time they were loosening the ropes of the rudders and hoisting the foresails to the wind. They were heading for the beach. But striking a reef where two seas met, they ran the vessel aground and the prow struck fast and remained immovable. But the stern began to be broken up by the force of the waves. It says in verse 42, soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners. None of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to bring Paul safely through, kept them from their intention and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest should follow, some on planks and others on various things from the ship. And thus it happened that they all, that they all were brought safely to land. Now, Bill in the first service told me this is the first mention of uh, surfing in the Bible. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the guys that couldn't swim got on those boards and hung ten, you know, and went. Uh, no, but they got to the land. Just as the Lord God had said, they made it to the land safely. Every single one of them. Here's what I want you to note. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bring out something that I don't think that you and I had thought about, maybe until today. And it's a very interesting part in this place in Scripture. You and I are going to note, as we've already read, that there was someone besides Paul who had a hand in the promises and the destiny of God for these people. And it was none other than that centurion. His name was Julius. Julius had a a concern for Paul. Now, whether Julius was a believer or not, we don't know. The Bible doesn't mention it. I think... He was not, but maybe he was. But the point is, he had a hand in fulfilling the promises of God. And that's going to be a point we're going to make after communion. But before, let's talk about how how these people and how Paul taught us we are to go through the storms of life that we have. Some of you here are going through some deep waters. And I hope that this will be a, an encouragement to you. Some of us here are not. We need to be an encouragement to those who are. Let's pray first. We just uh, had the privilege of reading God's Word. Let's pray thanking Him for it. Father, we do just that. We thank You for family that's here that we could pray for. We pray for the Thompson girls, for Jalen and Peyton. Father, bless them so much. Bless Scott and Tracy to be the parents that You've called them to be in their daughter's lives and for the family as well. Bless them all. And Father, now we ask your blessings upon the Bible that we have just read, the words that we have read that, that, that bring life to our, our very being, gives us food for uh, our, our nourishment. And Father, I pray that you would open up our eyes, that you would open up our hearts, and Father, that you would allow us to behold wonderful things that comes from your words Encourage us, Father. Comfort us, Father. 
Strengthen us, Father. Convict us if need be, dear Father. Do your work in our lives. And for that to take place, I ask, dear Father, that you would move me aside. Please, let us, let us concentrate on the words that you have written to us. Let us see what Paul did and how he handled this storm that was right in the midst of it. And yet, Father, he never faltered. He never, he never even thought for a moment that he would not make it through. And so I ask your blessings upon us, so those of us that are going through some difficulties. Allow us to see, Father, how we too can have the strength of Paul, the encouragement that comes from you. I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I want to ask you an important question. Since, since Jesus Christ sent the disciples back in Mark, right into the teeth of the storm, and since He is God, then I say to you, Jesus Christ knew exactly what He was doing. I say to you, He deliberately, deliberately sent these men into this storm for a reason. But therefore, I also present to you that I believe that the Lord God sometimes will deliberately send you and me into what some might call storms of lives. And what we need to do when we are in the midst of this turmoil, this time of, of distress, we need to remember, we need to realize that we can be in a storm at this very moment and still be in the will of God. Jesus never said to anyone, not any of us, that we will miss the storms of life. But what he has told us is this. In the storms, he has promised that he will be with us and allow us to make it to the other side. He will never leave us nor forsake us. That's a promise from the Word of God. Now the other side for us today means heaven itself. And while we go through storms... The comfort that our Lord God promises us will be right there with us as we go. That's the comfort that you and I need. Now, on this difficult trip that Paul is making us, he shows us at least four good tips, if you would, for making it through the storms of life. First and foremost, it's up on the screen, look. First and foremost, we need to recognize the presence of God as we go through the trials God is always with you and me. And we need to understand and believe that He is with us even in the darkest of times. These men did not see the sun, nor did they see the stars or the moon at night for 14 days, which means they had no way of knowing where they were, no way of navigating. They were tossed and turned and driven by the winds and the sea. They had no idea. As they, as they came to this place and they were going to run the ship of aground, they did not know where they were. Look what it says in verse 24. Paul says, God has granted you all those, well the angel said to Paul, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, Paul says, verse 25, keep up your courage. He says, for I believe God. It will turn out exactly Exactly, Paul says, as I have been told. See, Paul recognized the very fact that God was there with him. 
Second thing you need is to rely upon the comfort of others. It was maybe missed because we didn't talk about it much when we started the 27th chapter. But look back at verse 3, the very beginning of this particular chapter. Chapter 27, verse 3. The next day, it says, we put in at Sidon. And Julius, now Julius was the centurion that was told to take Paul from Caesarea to Rome, that he must go to Rome. Julius there, and he treated Paul with consideration, the Bible tells us. He allowed Paul to go to his friends and note, receive care. We need to rely upon the comfort of others, and we need to be a comfort to those who are going through difficulties. I was reminded, and in fact, men, I cannot encourage you enough. If you can come on Wednesday mornings from 6 o'clock to 7.30, in fact, if you can only stay from 6 to 6.30, if you can only stay for a, a time, I know you have to go to work. I understand that. But if you can come on Wednesday mornings, it is such a rich time for us men to gather together, and we kind of get to know each other pretty good. There was a, there was a gentleman that, that had prostate cancer, and, and, and he was going in for surgery. And he went in to the hospital. And when he got there, there were 30, 30 of the men from our group that met him at the hospital, he and his wife. When they walked in, they couldn't believe their eyes that those, the men of our church were there, ready and willing to encourage them, to lift them up and to pray for them. In fact, the, the, the nurses at the, at the hospital were wondering, who is this guy? Is he a president of some corporation or something? I mean, and, and, and Bill was telling us the story Wednesday morning. He said, no, uh, he, he's just a guy that goes to our church, and we just love him and wanted to pray for him. And here's the caveat to that. There were some people there that were having their loved ones also operated on, and they said, would you pray for our loved ones as well? The following week, Neil went into the hospital to have his knee operated on. And when Neil went to the hospital, 15 of the men were there to pray with him and ask God to see him through as he was having his knee operated on. You see, we need one another. Part of the, the whole idea of going through the storms of life is that we've got to believe with all of our heart that God is always with us and we need others to comfort us. And you and I need to be comfort for other people. If, if you can say to me, well, John, I don't have anyone to comfort me, I say to you, find someone. Get into a small group. Like I say, get into Wednesday morning study if you can. Get into another of our mob groups. Get into some church activity. The best way to get friends, you well know, is to become a friend and be a friend to people. The third thing that, that Paul relied upon on his going through this storm was the promises of God. He rests on God's promises. Remember, what God promises, God will accomplish. Look at verses 22, 23, 24, and 25 again. Yet now it says in verse 22, I urge you, keep up your courage. Paul says, there will be no loss of life among you, only the ship. He says, for of this very night, an angel of the God of whom I belong and, and whom I serve stood before me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, he says in verse 25, keep up your courage, men. Because he says, I believe 
God, it will turn out exactly as I have been told. You see, Paul, with all of his heart, rested on the promises of God because God told him, folks, you and I have been told wonderful promises out of this, the Bible. That's why I encourage you to have your own Bible. When we study through the Bible, make notes in it. When God speaks to your heart as we're going through a message, you might want to underline or take a look at it later and hold on to this wonderful promise, whatever promise it is that you find within the Word of God that you can hold on to that will take you through difficult times. Hang on to the promises of God. Now, ushers, would you mind coming forward? And I'm going to keep talking a little bit. I want to talk about the fourth promise. The fourth thing I believe is perhaps the most important. And that 